1: The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awardforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship located in Tacoma, Washington. And now here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life.
2: And so, and so, that's what we want to notice. But notice again, there was verse two. He says, "Looking unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame." Now, we're, we're, it leads us to our third question, and that our third question there was this: Why? Is, what is it that he has done for us? What is it that Jesus has done for us? And we're told there. That that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame of it. Now, dear ones, to set something before Jesus, this this something was set before Jesus. That phrase set before it, it comes from a Greek word that means to place something or to lay something before someone else to place something or to lay something before someone else. Like you have a very valuable thing that you or a very important thing that you bring and you place before somebody or you lay that before that person. But dear ones, secondly, we want to notice what it was that was laid before Jesus or placed before Jesus. Because we're told that what was placed before Jesus was joy. It says who for the joy that was set before him. So what was placed before Jesus was joy. Now, the question comes up. The question comes up. Because dear ones, joy on. is an emotion.
1: Come on, Pastor.
2: How do you place an emotion before a person mm-hmm. that would be like me, Marla? I'm gonna place happiness before you. Okay, thank you. I, I don't see it. <laughs> just like I'm, I'm looking for it, but I don't see it. Or or Ken, I'm gonna place peace before you. Well, Pastor, I appreciate you saying that, but where is it? Mm-hmm. How do you place an emotion before someone else? Come on, and dear ones, the answer to this question is found for us in understanding what it was yeah. that brought Jesus joy. Amen. What was it that brought Jesus joy? Now, we're told what it is that brings Jesus joy in the book of John. So hold your finger here in Hebrews and let's all turn to John, the, book, the, the gospel of John, the 15th chapter, because there Jesus tells us what it is that brings him joy. John 15 I'm gonna start reading at verse 10 Jesus says there he says if you keep my commandments you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love these things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you my joy the things that bring me joy can remain in you and that your joy might be full you, you, you experiencing the joy that I have from these things, it will fill you up. Amen. It will, it will full, fill you up to the fullest and you will delight yourself in it. Amen. And so, dear ones, what we, what we know there, now there are two things that we can know from what the Lord says to us here. Because Jesus tells us to do things that cause him to experience joy. And the first thing, dear ones, the first thing that brought Jesus joy was him keeping his father's commandments. He says it right there in the text. These what brings me joy. Jesus says what brings me joy is keeping my father's commandments. And because I keep his commandments, that allows me to get the second thing that brings me joy, which is abiding in his love. So what brought Jesus joy? The fullest of joy was keeping his father's commandments, doing what his father had asked him to do and abiding in his father's love. And, dear ones, just as a side note, the Lord also lets us know that our joy will be found in us doing the same two things. Y'all, 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 y'all didn't get that. Y'all did not get that. Our joy. See, we think our joy is going to be found in this or in that or, or getting this. No, 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 no. Dear ones, your true sense of joy is going to be found in doing the very two things that brought Jesus joy. Amen. Keeping our Father's commandments and remaining connected or abiding in his love. Now, dear ones, we can know that Jesus came because the Father had sent him for the sole purposes of redeeming man back to God by paying the price for our sins on Calvary's hill. We know that because the Bible tells us that. And so, dear ones, I would like to submit to all of you that the joy that was set before Jesus came from Jesus fulfilling to the fullest two things. One was his Jesus experienced joy because he had done the father's will to the fullest. He completed the father's will to the fullest. Yeah. And that was the very thing that the father had sent him to do. And so Jesus says, my joy is fulfilled. My joy is full because I am doing my father's will and I am completing it to the fullest. Amen. See, we, a lot of times we want to experience the joy of the Lord. We want to experience the joy of the Lord. Giving him halfway obedience.
1: Amen. Amen.
2: <laughs> I got Brother Darrell in the back saying, like, I didn't know he was going to go there. Lord, i said, say, oh my. Uh, yeah. We want to experience the joy of the Lord yes. giving him halfway obedience. Amen. And we don't obey to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why we aren't experiencing the joy that he had promised to us. Because you ain't doing all that he told you to do. Amen. You ain't giving him your full obedience. It was this real. How would you be happy if your child only washed half the dishes? No. Would you be happy if your child only cleaned up half the room? No. Would you be happy if your child only did half the homework? No. No. So why should we think that God should be happy with halfway obedience?
1: Yeah.
2: So, so the first thing Jesus says, "I'm doing my Father's will to the fullest," and that brings Him joy, which brings me joy. Yeah. Yeah. And the second source of Jesus' joy came because as he did his father's will to the fullest and allowed people to be redeemed back to God. And people being redeemed back to God brings God the father joy. And so Jesus' joy came from seeing his father experience the joy of seeing people redeemed back to him. And you say, well, pastor, how, how, how do you, where do you get that from? The story of the prodigal son. Story of the prodigal son. As you look at the story of the prodigal son, there was we know all the characters in there. There is there is the son, there is the other brother, and there is the father. The prodigal son represents us. The other brother represents all the people that are critical and cynical about our salvation and us coming to the Lord. But the father represents God the Father. Yes. The father in the story represents God the Father. Yes. Now here we go in the story. The the story says when the father looked down the road and saw the son coming back, the father didn't sit in the chair waiting till the son came back. The father did not wait till the son got to him. The scripture lets us know that the father saw the son down the road, recognized that's my child coming back home to me. The scripture says the father got up out of the chair and he didn't walk to the son. He ran to the son. This is the only place in all of the scriptures where you will see God running. That's it. God ran to the redeemed son that was coming back home. And when it says when it says when Jesus goes on to say there is joy in the presence of the angels when one lost soul comes back home. We think that, 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 that it's the angels getting happy and the angels rejoicing over the soul that came home. No, that's not what the text says. The text says there is joy in the presence of the angels. It ain't the angels getting happy. It's God getting happy. Yes. Because God is the one that lost something. The angels didn't lose nothing. Amen. God lost something. And that something is coming back to him. And it rejoices his heart. Jesus gets joy from one, doing the Father's will completely. And two, seeing the Father blessed because of what he's doing. Amen. Lord have mercy. And the same thing is true for us, dear ones. Uh Our joy is found, one, in doing our Father's will completely. And two, being a blessing to others. As you see others blessed, that should bring you joy. Amen. That's why some people will say, I get more more blessed out of giving than I do receiving. Because you're blessed because of the joy you see another person experiencing. But there was, notice notice something else. Notice, we want to notice that all these things that Jesus was set before Jesus, it moved him to be willing to endure something. It moved him to be willing to endure something. The text says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, the word "endure" that is used there, it talks about bravely bearing up under something or bear, bravely bearing up under suffering. And, and we want to correlate what we're told here about Jesus bearing up under suffering. We want to correlate that with what he says to us in John, the 10th chapter, because there we see Jesus talking about something that he intentionally is doing. And so John, the 10th chapter, notice what we're told there. John 10, verses 17 and 18. Notice what Jesus says there. He says, John 10, chapter 10, verse 17. He says, therefore, does my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. Here we go. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jesus says, y'all, y'all couldn't do nothing to me if I didn't allow it. Y'all could not do anything against me if I didn't allow you to do it. No man takes my life. I am laying it down voluntarily and intentionally and purposefully. He says, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my father.
1: We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message.
2: And you say, well, Pastor, how how, how do you, where do you get that from? The story of the prodigal son. Story of the prodigal son. As you look at the story of the prodigal son, there was, we know all the characters in there. There is the son, there is the other brother, and there is the father. The prodigal son represents us. The other brother represents all the people that are critical and cynical about our salvation and us coming to the Lord. But the father represents God the father. The father in the story represents God the father. Now, here we go. In the story, the the story says when the father looked down the road and saw the son coming back. The father didn't sit in the chair waiting till the son came back. The father did not wait till the son got to him. The scripture lets us know that the father saw the son down the road, recognized that's my child coming back home to me. The scripture says the father got up out of the chair and he didn't walk to the son. He ran to the son. This is the only place in all of the scriptures where you will see God running. Amen. That's it. God ran to the redeemed son that was coming back home.
1: Thank you, Lord.
2: Thank you. And when it says, when it says when Jesus goes on to say there is joy in the presence of the angels. Yeah. When one lost soul comes back home, we think that 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 it's the angels getting happy and the angels rejoicing over the soul that came home. No, that's not what the text says. The text says there is joy in the presence of the angels. It ain't the angels getting happy. It's God getting happy because God is the one that lost something. The angels didn't lose nothing. God lost something and that something is coming back to him. And it rejoices his heart. Jesus gets joy from one, doing the Father's will completely. And two, seeing the Father blessed because of what he's doing. Amen. Lord have mercy. And the same thing is true for us, dear ones. Mm -hmm. Our joy is found, one, in doing our Father's will completely. And two, being a blessing to others. As you see others blessed, that should bring you joy. Amen. That's why some people will say, I, give, I, get more, I get more blessed out of giving than I do receiving. Because you're blessed because of the joy you see Amen. another person experiencing. Amen. But there was notice, notice something else. Notice we want to notice that all these things that Jesus w- was set before Jesus, it moved him to be willing to endure something. It moved him to be willing to endure something. The text says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, the word "endure" that is used there, it talks about bravely bearing up under something or bear, bravely bearing up under suffering. And, and we want to correlate what we're told here about Jesus bearing up under suffering. We want to correlate that with what he says to us in John, the 10th chapter, because there we see Jesus talking about something that he intentionally is doing. And so John, the 10th chapter, notice what we're told there. John 10, verses 17 and 18. Notice what Jesus says there. He says, John 10, chapter 10, verse 17. He says, therefore, does my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. Here we go. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jesus says, y'all, y'all couldn't do nothing to me if I didn't allow it. Y'all could not do anything against me if I didn't allow you to do it. No man takes my life. I am laying it down voluntarily and intentionally and purposefully. Yes, he says, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Yes. This commandment I have received of my Father. Amen. And so there was the enduring of something that the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus did was done by him in a way that was completely voluntary and intentionally done. Amen. Jesus was completely voluntary. And completely intentional in what he did. That's why he says it. In, he endured the cross, and he despised the shame of it. His mindset was he despised the shame of it. Now we can know from what the Bible tells us that in the in the day of Jesus, to be crucified, to be killed, I should say, via crucifixion, was to be viewed as being accursed. For a person to die on a, through, through crucifixion. That was, that was viewed by people that that person was accursed that person was viewed as someone who had done something that was so offensive, so vile and so dishonorable that for them to die on a cross was a suitable, just and equitable punishment for what that person had done Man. but there was a, a, there are several things that we want to notice about this one thing is Jesus died in our place yeah. As our substitute, yes. the punishment that he experienced is a punishment that should have been ours yes. because we were the ones who had done things that were worthy of experiencing that kind of death. Amen. Another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is Jesus died in the most dishonorable of ways, even though he did it in a way that was the most honorable yeah. way that one yeah. person could do that one person could do for someone else. To die in their place. Amen. He died in the most dishonorable way. But he did it for the most honorable of reasons. Yes, he, Thank he died in our place. Yes. Thank you. And there was he did all of these things for the purposes of being a blessing to us. He blessed the father through his complete obedience in doing his will. And he blesses us by personally taking on our punishment and then reconnecting us back to God. And so the scripture says who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He put up with all these things. He, he, he said, you know what, even though other people view this as being dishonorable, I'm not going to worry about how they see it because I know I'm accomplishing yes. a greater purpose. Yes. And so he endured the cross and despised the shame of it. Dear ones, how do you view your suffering? When you go through, how do you view it? When, 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 when difficulty happens to you, how do you, how, how, how do you see it? Do, 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 do you see it as, "Lord, why? me? Why? Why? oh why? why? Why I got to go, Why, why? Or do you see it as God, you're working something out? Amen. There's a purpose you're working out. Yes. A, there, it, 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 this might be coming on me because of something I've done. Lord, teach me what I need to learn. This might be coming on me because somebody else is watching, and they need to, they need to see an example of how somebody who knows you suffers patiently. So, Lord, help me to help me to stay before you. This might be happening, Lord, because because you're working something out that will be a blessing to me in the future. Lord, so have your way and help me to wait on whatever it is you're going to do. How do you view your suffering? How how, how do we view it? How do we see it? What are we looking at? What are you looking at? I got I got to wrap it up, Lord. I got to be done. I got to move on. who looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set for him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Here we go. And is set down at the right hand of the yeah. throne of God. Yeah. The fourth and final question that we have to ask ourselves is where is he at now? Where is Jesus at now? And the writer tells us he is set down yeah. on the right hand on the far, uh, right hand of the throne of God. Now, dear ones, the place and the position that Jesus is currently in is of significance for us to take note of for at least two reasons. One reason is because being on the right hand, it is the place of the highest honor and authority that a king could give to someone else. It, so, so, so being on the right hand of someone, of a king, that was the place of highest honor and highest authority that could be given to someone else. Amen. The second reason is because it is the place of close and immediate access. Being on the right hand is the place of close and immediate access because you were so close to the ruler, to the king, that whatever petition you had, whatever request you made, whatever need came up, all you had to do was just lean over and talk to the king directly because you were on his right hand. Amen. Dear ones, it's a good thing to know that Jesus is seated on the right hand of the throne of God. It's the place of highest honor, but it's also the place of immediate access. So when you when your need comes up and you bring that need to Jesus, all he has to do is just lean over to the father. Lord, it might might need your help. Father, help. 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 Michael. Help Michael. He, he, I know. I know your knucklehead. I know. I know. I know he, he's struggling. I know. I know. Father, please just help him. I died for his sins too. I I, did, I paid his I paid the price for his sins also. He is he is my brother and he is your son. Ikara oka oh god. He is my brother and he is your son. Because we're 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 co-heirs with Christ. We're brothers. We're, he he is our older brother. We're younger brothers, but sisters, younger sisters. But he he is my brother. But he is your child. Father, help him. Help him one more time. I know. I know. I know. He's been here many, 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 yeah, many, 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 yeah. many, many, many. Okay, you need to stop now. Okay. Oh, I just—he's been here a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's been here a lot. <laughs> but help him one more time. Yeah. It's the place of highest honor. It's the place of immediate access. Oh. It's a wonderful thing to know that Jesus is on the right hand of the father yes. making intercession for us.
1: Amen.
2: And so, dear ones, as we ask these questions of the text, it begins to help us to understand and see how wonderful thing, how wonderful a thing it is to know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Dear ones, this is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life.